Welcome to Beer Net Radio. Listen to on every continent except Antarctica. B. Double E. Double R. R. N E T. N E T. Beer. Beer Net Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Bing bong. <laughs> you and your bing bong. <laughs> Can you let me ask a few questions? Because. Of course. What are you talking about? I, you always ask questions. Okay, wait, because beatbox, I love them to death. That's why I'm wearing these cool glasses. I'm rolling with the cool kids now, right? Yeah, finally. But like, they always roll up with like 10 people on the call and then Justin busts out his spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get in there. <laughs> no, no. We'll, uh, yeah. We'll bust in. Bust it. Somebody's well rested. Uh, yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm in that delirious uh, stage. I see. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, busy week. So uh, yeah, we've got uh, Justin and Amy. Oh, shoot. Uh oh. They're like, let us in. It's my alarm. I, uh, I don't I hope you two doesn't ding us for copyright infringement. Was that main skin or whatever? That... Yeah. <laughs> Love it begging. Yeah, I hate that song. Oh, you're so stupid. That it's... song was wonderful. <laughs> you're so stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you're such an idiot. <laughs> God, I hate you for hating that song. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get this shit show started? <laughs> I guess we'll have to tag this one as explicit. <laughs> Let's get this fuck tonnery done. <laughs> fuck tonnery. It's a good thing my daughter's not in the room. I'm sure she'll be teaching me words in you know, quite soon. She's four. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have, uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Okay. Okay, then. <laughs> I was going to say something cited against it. <laughs> It's the old man Harry's growing up. Uh huh. Trying to. Hey guys. Look at the shades. I like yeah. beating the box. What's going on here? Look at the, everybody in one room. Hey, Harry, you got a new cool background. You yeah, really right. stepped up your your podcast game. I know. I know. The only problem is, is that I'm in kind of a high chair and the dog can't join me anymore. But she don't worry. <laughs> She's here amazing somewhere hey uh so uh, we got all the guys from beatbox and loving the tetra pack loving the boom box you guys got me at the summit um <laughs> millicent has pretty much absconded with it I'm, it's all right i'm letting her borrow borrow it because um permanently so, permanently borrow it yes Yes. Well, and she's doing a photo shoot with some of your products and she wanted to have it as a prop. And when I say photo shoot, I, we say photo shoot. That means we invite a friend over with a camera um, and take pictures. <laughs> it, so, it sounds cooler when you say photo shoot. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It's a photo shoot. Um, so, so good. Well, uh, thanks for coming on Beardnet radio. We just wanted to get a tune up with you guys. Cause it's been a while. Uh, like I said, at the summit, um, I see your product surprising, not surprisingly, but I see it in a lot of places 
that are not, it's not an authorized product. In other words, there's a lot of independence, a lot of distribution out there, especially at checkout. And it's a real, um, it's a great impulse buy. So tell us how, you know, how things are going and uh, what's, what's the latest. Man, you know, we, we, we ended last year just so much higher than we even thought we could possibly do from a uh, revenue depletions. And I think what's so exciting about it. So just, you know, for some numbers and you can go, we have a crowdfunding for, for, you know, equity campaign going. So all the numbers are out there. So happy to talk about it, but we, uh, you know, we did, we did 7 million as a company in 2020. We thought we would do 13 and a half million in 21. We ended up doing 18 million. So we shipped over 800,000 cases, um, depleted 720,000 of them. And what was so exciting about that was the, the reason for the over delivery was not because we just opened up all these new accounts. So the pattern that we've seen, and we see it in Q1 again, is we're doubling the accounts year over year, but our velocity per account is up 25% year over year, meaning hmm. our depletions are up over 125% because same store sales are going so much higher, driven because our con the consumers are literally begging for a beatbox in their stores. Like it's hard to communicate the lightning in a bottle that we see from the DMs. In a tetra, lightning in a tetra. Lightning in a tetra, I should say. Like it's not lightning in a can or a bottle, lightning in a tetra. Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, as of the last 90 days, 3,500 unique visitors are coming to our website and putting in their zip code in our store locator, trying to find Every single day. Every single day. <laughs> 3,500 people. Now, what's so exciting about that is once you know the store that has it, you know it's at your local Circle K or your HEB or anywhere, you don't have to go back on the store locator to find it. You know you know where you go. So these are all new customers that are discovering yeah. the brand and, and coming into it. So blew it out the doors last year, led by our consumer demand, led by wholesalers, seeing the profitability, seeing the incrementality um, and really getting behind it. And in Q1 this year, we'll do 6 million. We'll, we've, uh, you know, we've shipped over 1.2 million cases in the last 12 months. Um, we'll do 6 million in Q1 up from 2.7 last year. Mm. And again, accounts about up 80, 90% year over year depletions up 125%. Um, it's pretty phenomenal and, and we don't see it slowing down. And the folks are finding it, you know, of course, we did a lot of digital social media stuff during the pandemic, but now we've got music festivals and events happening again, and it's all just working together for this massive moment for brand awareness and, and we're seeing it in velocities, which is awesome. Yeah, because so much of your brand is tied to music and music festivals in particular, and uh, wow, you launched and then boom, there aren't any. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it did kind of give you a little bit of breathing room, though, to kind of lay, lay the foundation, get distribution in place and those kind of things so that now you can really kick ass. Uh, we decided early on before you guys got on, I used a uh, fuck tonnery or something. And so I said, well, we're going to have to tag this as explicit on Apple. So we might as well just start cussing like fucking drunk sailors. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse my pancakes. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Jen, go ahead. I think I might have. I, I, I'm trying. I'm really trying, especially during Women's History Month, not to <laughs> over to talk over Jen or mansplain or do all the horrible things that I'm known for. So go I have ahead. a week. I have a week left, guys. So I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Speaking of music fest, were you guys at South by? 
Yeah, we yeah. did a we did a couple of events during South by South by is always, you know, it can be a it can be something that's like, you know, so appealing and then you really dig into it and you're like, it's not worth a lot of the spend that we see. But due to some of our partnerships with some social media groups, we were able to get product to a few really cool parties. Mark Cuban was in town. Yep. Got, got to hang with him. with him. We had some beatbox with him for a few hours. So and you guys didn't call me, Had a really fun moment. We did a panel with WeFunder because you know they're part of digital interactive and everything. And I and we were sitting in the corner and I was like, there's a guy that looks like LMFAO over there. And then he ended up being Red Foo, the actual really? guy. Yeah. And so we had like a beatbox and uh, LMFAO party rock moment at my WeFunder panel. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> like the whole place, uh, like six, 60 people there for a panel and they're all going nuts, you know, yeah. dancing with beatbox you and know. <laughs> playing party rockers. It, it was is fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, there used to be a time when we, when we first launched in Austin at South by 2014. Yeah big bag and box and remember each south by felt like it was our entire super bowl <laughs> if you will and now it's like the same weekend of south by we had three music festivals all in different states with hundreds of thousands of people we had a film festival we were doing so like the scale of which things are coming it's just yeah. it's so fun used to be just south by yeah. now we have our fun random south by moments plus spring break and and all those fun things all over the country so well i mean all you guys are uh you're austin based i'd want to get out of town during south by airbnb your place you know yeah exactly uh, yeah it's been it's been unbelievable to see um just all of the work that you put in for years and then in the last three years when we made the switch to the beer distributors and what they've been able to do with our brand. Um, you know, I think we'll have for the first time ever 20,000 accounts buying in March in one month. Right. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a big milestone, right. And we said, and, and then you look at it and you say, okay, 20,000, that's a great milestone. It's, you know, up hundred percent year over year, but there's over 220,000 off-premise wine license in the country. And then you have another 250,000 in the on-premise that we're only in 500 of, and they sell double the velocity of the off. So, you know, the sky's the limit with what yeah. we could do. We were catching up with another a beverage entrepreneur, well-known CEO, and he's got a really fast-growing tequila brand. And we were just sharing our Nielsen data, how we were number one and points. And we're like, everything's going so great. At the same time, we wake up pissed that we are not in more accounts yeah. and that we have 3,000 people, customers begging us to just want to get the product. So as good as it is, it's like it's our know, it's, it's our you know favorite three tier system, and cracking that as an independent brand, it's uh you know you wake up every day and you're 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 competing against you know yeah. know the names. Our our, <laughs> our story is the same as so many independent brands. We're just we're yeah. just the, the hungriest uh, warriorist <laughs> of them well, all trying to get it. So listen, you guys, uh, you guys you, when you think about it, that's a barrier to entry. Uh, you know, if it were easy, everybody'd be doing it. So. Uh, you know, and, and just before one more thing to clarify. Jesus Christ, I'm not going to talk uh, over Jen. But I'm not going to talk over Jen the whole time. Okay, Jen. This is I, was my like, life. I just wanted to clarify. Did you say that velocity is faster in the on-premise? Yeah. Yeah. So we have about 500 accounts in the on-premise and they range from everything from, you know, a college bar to a, you know, water park to bowling alleys to you know shot bars i mean it's across the board there's even a biker bar in north dakota that's done like 80 cases in the last three months so it's it's because in this new world of speed of service you know short staff you just bought you get one of these things you pass it over the bar you can do it in mixed in cocktails you can do buckets fish bowls 
it really is a, a versatile and very low cost per ounce. Um, and so those 500 accounts are selling almost 10 cases per account per month. And so we've actually just brought in a VP of on-premise and we're going to slowly build out our on-premise team because that's just completely open uh, white space for us for the next you know 24 months where you're talking about 500 accounts. And I said, there's 250,000. Okay, I'm glad you asked that question, Harry, because that was actually very interesting. Um, I want to go back to the distribution piece because, like you said, you're you know independence trying to break through as well as you've done, you could do even better, right? And I think you guys transitioned out of Reyes in California, right, into the AB branch. Yes. And I'm curious if you can share, like, how has that gone? Not being an AB brand, are they guys? Are they giving you the focus? And you're with other branches too, right? Yeah, we have a we now have I think close to fourteen or fifteen wholesalers in the state of California. Obviously, the AB one network and uh, California is up seven hundred percent year over year. <laughs> so okay. we're we're, uh, we're you know we're we're seeing some significant traction. It went from like our twentieth state overall this year. It's our top. It's in the top three. Oh wow! Uh, and okay. so significant turnaround. I think um, our team. I would credit them completely. They uh, you know have come from the AB world. They know the people there and they've really communicated and educated the wholesalers on the incrementality, the high margin. Um, and, and it really is, you know, I was talking with um, the EVP over at our wholesaler in South Carolina, Better Brands, Jason over there. Um, and he, you know, they've really done a great job with us and getting us into a lot of new chains and new business. And he said, you know, guys, it's like, you're, you know, they're making two and a half times the GP on their core domestics portfolio and gross profit, right? And they were looking for products that bring them incrementality to a door that they don't typically go into, whether it's in the grocery or C-store channel. So you're talking about the F&B door, then you've got this cold wine kind of RTD door. And, you know, we're a wine product, which is, they don't have a lot of, and it's moving at the rate of the F&B. So they get to take that wine section and drive velocities that they're used to in the other door and making double the money on it, right? So once they once the wholesalers understand that picture, it's off to the races. Capital Right in Austin, you know, talking to Jason and Derek over there, and they are saying the same thing. They're like, and, and it's the people, right? It's the investment in the team and the investment in the market that we're making, which is playing with the big boys, even though we're a small brand. And so AB has been yeah. absolutely amazing out in California for us, completely changed that state around. Um, how about the beatbox zero sugar? Is that contributing significantly to what, how well you guys are doing this year? Cause you know, it's, it's still, we're just getting it out there right now, literally. So it's, you know, we, we designed it with some markets in mind that a higher ABV product couldn't go. And so in Pennsylvania, we were the first ever, I think wine on a beer truck. And so, um, that led us to making a lower ABV product. The category of lower ABV is is growing, but it's still small. So it's definitely an incremental play for us that we're seeing. There are people, there are consumers that they split down the aisle. I will drink sugar or I will not drink sugar. And if you're not drinking sugar, you're never picking up a beatbox 11% ever. So this product is for them. And it's a, once you taste it being a wine base versus a malt liquor or, or it's not even a comparison. So the value proposition is super strong. We've just actually launched it too in a variety pack, which we think is a really compelling offer. Um, yeah, because most of the most of the seltzer zero sugar options are all in variety packs. So we're gonna have we're gonna go toe to toe this summer 
with our zero sugar product with against, you know, all the big players. And it gives us an, it gives us an, a window into the whole foods, the sprouts, you know, the natural food grocers that we never could play in before. And if you can create a brand that can play in both the C store, you know, gross and grocery and also the natural foods and drive incrementality across the board, we see, we see it, it's only in 900 accounts, but it's growing fast. It's doubled in the last two weeks. It'll double again. Cause it's getting out there. The accounts so far that have both, see a higher velocity overall than if you had one or the other. So that's encouraging, right? It's like, okay, you're bringing in new customers and new people trying it, but um, it's just a really cool brand extension. We'll see what it does. The variety packs are those cans or are they still Tetra packs? Six Tetra packs in a variety pack. Wow. And they're, but they're not single serve, right? They're several serve? No, same, six, same product. Six of these. Packaged. Okay. Because that's supposed to be multi-serve, right? Or no? Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> they're resealable. So they're three and a half servings okay. per container. So this is kind of like an old mock-up of it. We've improved it. But this would be, this is at every HEB right now. They were the first to market with it last year. And it does, it's done really well. So it's six flavors, one of each skew, you know, for a 19.99, kind of a three per 10 value prop. So everyone can try the flavors and yeah. you know, host friends and try all party pack okay one more for me and then i'll let harry get back at it you're being very patient over there howie good boy howie i'm a good dog <laughs> just one more you know we're talking about the different kinds of accounts that you guys do well in it sounds like you're diversifying which is great um but i feel like you have a bit of a trojan horse in like the go puffs of the world i know you guys do pretty well with them so how are you leveraging that type of relationship yeah, we have a great relationship with GoPuff. I think, you know, if you saw Randy speak at your conference, he's, you know, obviously lots of brands want to be in GoPuff, but what the ones that can do differentiated things from a marketing side are the ones like that support that channel. So we've really collaborated early this year. And over the next few weeks, you know, you'll see all of our flavors and variety packs go into all of the GoPuffs. And we're going to do a lot with them around our music festivals where we're reaching out. And if you yeah, want to- Yeah, I mean, if you think about- why, why consumers are going to GoPuff. It's, they're not forced by the same constraints that stores are. They're listening to what consumers are buying, searching and taking that data and making their purchase decisions by that. So if you think about it, all they're doing is solving a fundamental need that we have of 3000 people at least every day coming to our website, typing in their zip code. And if GoPuff is the first search result, that's where they're gonna get it. And you know, it's when we show it to the retailers, you would think it would be just an absolute no brainer because it's literally happening every single day. And so to the credit, you know, a lot of them have are finally jumping on board, but for us, it's like GoPuff really solves just a, a fundamental execution problem of getting the product to the consumers who already want it. That's uh, that's, I mean, that's an incredible advantage just to have that, uh, that direct data. Uh, and then talking, you know, both the, from GoPuff, but really just from your website, knowing, which zip codes are being put in the most often and you know and yeah it's what we feel like is our only defense or or like that's our trojan horse the the passion of the customers we think is just as long as we can maintain that and maintain that connection with them they'll go where wherever the product goes so right well that's a good pivot Uh, go ahead jen no it was amy (laughs) oh Oh. amy was amy was getting in there I mean, I'll just say like, you know, we, we started this company from the point of view of the consumer, right? Like we were not industry executives that were like, Hey, we're going to create something for millennials or for Gen Z. And that's a lot of the innovation that we see coming out to compete with us this year and in previous years is 
kind of that cheesy sort of re remodeled, refreshed packaging just to kind of emulate what we're doing. And you can't recreate like all the community that we've built. I mean, we have like a discord with like over a thousand people on it that, that like talk to each other every day. Like that's their group of friends, like is our fan, fan club. <laughs> wow. and, uh, I'm, I'm for us as entrepreneurs, that's why we did this is to bring people together and have fun. So that's that's what drives us and what makes us more efficient in marketing. That's awesome. Too. You'll never be able to recreate true brand authenticity. And we've <laughs> had years of it. And, and we have the most passionate, excited consumers. And if they had their way, we would be in 250,000 accounts tomorrow, but they don't. And so it's on us to get it to them and work with our wholesalers and retail partners to educate and communicate on why we deserve it. And yeah, we've seen a lot of innovation that we're just like, why does that have a reason to exist other than to take a space in the door to replace an old thing that didn't work last year? And it happens every and, single and to, year. And to block yeah. innovation from coming in. Like, yeah, yeah, and just to block out new innovation. Protect market share. Oh, I mean, listen, that's been a strategy of the big boys <laughs> for years. And when you, you know, when you look at it, a lot of those guys look like me, uh, you know, they're in their fifties, they're white, you know, there's nobody that has less, uh, insights into what people are actually drinking than an old fat white guy. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and Millicent's younger, so I'm, I have connections, um, but let's, uh, that's a nice pivot into uh, DTC because um, you were guys were very early adopters and you're wine based, which does allow you into more states than others. Uh, so how has your DTC developed and what kind, how big is that business compared to your entire business? Yeah, the, the core business will always be the brick and mortar stores for us or, or the go pups of the world where somebody, you know, the 99.9% .9 of consumers, when they are shopping for alcohol, they want it within the hour. Oh, so y'all don't, do y'all do any DTC? Maybe I'm wrong. We do. We, we do. Like right now, you can go to beatboxbeverages.com and order a variety. You can order any of our cases. It's, it's right. not um, truly DTC because it still goes through the three tier. We're not, right. it's all you know, it's executed through another party because of compliance. Right. Yeah, we're a wine based, but we're not a winery per se. Also, like we're not a product that would you would find in like a wine club featuring, right. you know, people <laughs> that want beatbox, they want it, they want it, they want it yeah, as Brad said, in the next hour. But we have been able to leverage it. We sell, we'll probably do almost a million dollars from direct from our website this year, which is not, you know, it's not insignificant, um, sure. but it's driving it's in markets where we haven't been in. Like we weren't in New York or Massachusetts or anywhere in the Northeast, right? Or so, Hawaii. Yeah, or Hawaii or, <laughs> but there are thousands of customers from those stores who are taking the product and they're actually the most excited. They're the customers. first adopters. They're the ones that are willing to pay the freight and get it and post about it and all right. So right. it's kind of like start a little. And now you've got a community of, you know, 5,000 people in New York that when you launch there, you say, hey, by the way, it's now in your local bodega. So yeah, like you, that's, you can get it half the price, you know. And you get it for, yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand. They're like, why are you charging a 12 pack for 60 bucks? And it's like, it's still only five bucks, right? But we'll, yeah. never, undercut, we'll never undercut the retailers and we'll never undercut, the, you know, the wholesalers. And so you just have to pay a premium. It's like, yeah, you and people are like, well, I could buy it at the store for this. I'm like, yeah, go do that. That's yeah, a better, please. that's a better oh, solution. God. That's what we want you to do. <laughs> right. It's that last mile is the most expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you do it yourself. DIY. Yes. That's or what I do. Right, right, Jen. Do you DIY yourself? Yeah. 
No, you don't. I delegate. I D E L. Okay. I <laughs> Although I must say, pro tip guys, never delegate to Harry because he'll say yes and then he just won't do it. Uh, <laughs> like I'm my a, kids. I'm a total yes man. A lot of yeah. follow up with Harry to get it done, huh? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's a memory uh, function and a, a laziness. You know, other than having poor memory <laughs> and, and being lazy. Yeah. Other than that, I'm great. Uh, that's true. Well, well, good. Well, yeah, what else? Uh, one last uh, question. Um, you mentioned at the start of the call about a GoFundMe. What? Tell us how that's going. <laughs> We're not quite at those desperation levels for a GoFundMe. No, are. not, go, not GoFundMe. Go that's not what I meant. You know what Please, I meant. just give us money. <laughs> Listen, uh, what's that brewery? Uh, the brew dog. I need to get, I need I they've got a GoFundMe. So if someone wants to pitch in. Yeah. Um, no, um, it's a WeFunder campaign. So WeFunder.com, it's crowdfunding. We're doing it on a convertible note, um, which is just a, a, you know, it's a, it's a way to raise some money before a formal equity price round, which we're looking at. And we're doing that because, you know, we've hired 35 people in the last six months and we want to hire another 30 people because when you go and we tell this to our team all the time, it's like every six months, we are an entirely new organization at the rate at which we're growing, right? We were $2 million in revenue just 24 months ago. Now we're at a $35 million run rate, you know, gonna ship over 1.6 million cases. And so that requires new systems and new people. And so we're constantly having to backfill. And I think, you know, we love our wholesaler partners and they're amazing, but if you don't have investment in people on the street, whether it's hitting accounts or working with chains, you cannot field marketing, field marketing to I get mean, awareness. You just, have to invest just in to that. work with the yeah. wholesalers on the street. Yeah. And, I, and I think a lot of our wholesale partners say that's the price of entry. Now it used to be what incentives do you want to run? Now right. it's now it's how many people are you putting in the market with me? Yeah. Right. So the, the crowdfunding, it's great. Like, you know, we, we've obviously have great investors. They've, they've come on each round and can get money a lot of different ways now. Um, but this allows our fans. So we have over 2,500 fans who have invested up from $100 to $10,000 in now have skin in the game in Beatbox. Yeah, and, and you uh, see them on social media. It's incredible. Buying it's, out racks and bringing it to their friends, right? Because they're owners of the business in some way. So it fits right into to the way we market, we market Beatbox. And so it's just so fun to, to be able to share the opportunity with them. Yeah, right. It, it's, a, it's a brand new thing too, really. Yeah. It, it hasn't really yeah. been an option before. Yeah, the past it used to be only, years. you could only raise up to like a million dollars. They've just changed the law last year, raise up to five right. million. Yeah, you had to be what, a, a, like a qualified investor and yeah, and jump, yeah, jump through it, hoops. It, it limits the people you can raise from. And it and right. now it's democratized where people can invest. In, and we've done a, you know, a, a very good job of being overly communicative on how long your money could be tied up for what the valuation you know is and what your return could be and so um, we're, we're not putting some crazy valuation on it we're giving the same terms our high net worth investors are getting for our fans we're not trying to you know we the whole point is to bring them up with us in this journey so right that's cool i like that you know one of the things knock it off biscuit one <laughs> of the she's over there crying i have no idea why one of the things i've noticed about about beatbox that that other products really haven't cracked this code is being right there at checkout. And so, you know, you, it, this is a product that doesn't have to be sold refrigerated, it, right. if it, you know, That's it. and it's right there at check. I see it in several C stores and, and what a great uh, impulse by area to be. And, you know, it, how does, how does that work in? I think uh, 
I think, again, it goes back to making sure that it's easy for the wholesalers to execute and something that, you know, can be replicated. And so these racks that we have, they turn quickly, right? The product is very eye-catching. The racks take up a, a tile in the convenience store and you can put it anywhere and it, it's completely incremental. So again, for the wholesalers that recognize that, it's like that rack generates $240 to the retailer every time it turns. And it's one of the high, it's a you know, wide margin in their store. So once they see that and it, it's turning on average one and a half times a month. So they're making 300, 350 bucks in incremental revenue on one tile every single month. And it gives our wholesalers like, look, we want to be in the cold box, but we understand that's going to take time. You've got a lot of priorities. You've got that there. But if we can earn the business by being warm in point of purchase, then that we can win. And then we, you know, like in circle, in circle K, we did that for a year almost where we were on display. Now we have like almost five SKUs cut into, you know, hundreds, if not over a thousand circle K's because they saw the velocity and they said, this has earned a place in the cold box. Right. Is C-Star still your biggest channel guys? Yeah, it's about 65% of our depletion volume is at a C-Store, 20% package liquor, and then 10% grocery. But like grocery is growing quickly. Like Walmart, we've had challenges in grocery because we're with the wine buyers oftentimes and we're sold by beer wholesalers. So for a couple of years, Walmart was like, we're not, the wine team is not set up to deal with 250 beer distributors. We want to deal with two distributors. But now they see that they, they really want us and they've moved us to the beer buyer. So we have, you know, close to, I think, 100 Walmarts doing a test in Florida. Pretty exciting for us to be in Walmart. If you remember our early start when we didn't know anything about in the big bag and box, we were in Walmarts. And that was when the three of us and we had one intern managing 22 <laughs> states, launching with Walmart, eyes wide open, having no idea about anything. I mentioned we're not industry experts, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, listen, a few weeks with Beer Business Daily and you are an expert, eh? Yeah, that's right. Very few brands Works. get a second Works. shot at Walmart. <laughs> we got a second shot credit to the Walmart team. And the initial sales out of a few accounts, it's like, holy smokes. Like there was a few Walmarts that brought in like 150 cases. They've already depleted half of them in the first week or something. So like and reordered and reordered. So like if that's any indication, when we show that data, it's like then all of a sudden you get a big grocery chain national program. And if, and if that hits and some of the other ones follow along, now you are talking, you know, big time. Yeah. And then, then you have to worry about supply and uh, wow. it, at least you're in Tetra Pak. Where Amy, I mean, that's, that's where Amy comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and that, lucky for you, Amy. <laughs> and it seems like yeah. everything's hard to, hard to find these days, but uh, Tetra Pak is, is such a great renewable. It's, it ships flat. It's light. It's uh, I, I don't know why more, alcohol beverages aren't in i know you know carbonation is a tough thing for that but oh, oh yeah okay all right, all right. No, I'm yeah. tetra is a sustainable package if you have a non-carbonated product it's you know the one of the most sustainable containers out there and they're looking to grow in alcohol and so fortunately we are the number one fastest growing tetra product in alcohol and uh, soon to be the biggest by volume too so you know, we're, we're a priority client for them. Thank God. I don't know that if we were in cans that we would get that same treatment, you know, so um, sure. just to pre and we do a lot of work with them one-on-one, -on -one, like on the actual sustainability side, you know, that's a big passion of mine. And so I work with their sustainability folks on, on all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's been a good relationship and, and the formula itself beyond the packaging it you know, it is very flexible. Like we, 
you know, it's not like making a craft spirit or something like it's a, it's a punch, right? So yeah. uh, we have fortunately a flexible and at this point, uh, very dialed in supply chain to support the growth. Yeah, our operations team is top notch. It's fully, fully internal. We handle all the freight for our wholesalers. We're getting it out the door quickly. Um, we're super lucky because we hear all the time about the issues in getting cans or bottles or getting and quotes for shipping increases. and price increases. We actually saw some margin improvement in the last 12 months and, and we haven't and, raised yeah. price. We haven't taken any price. So you know, our wholesalers are making a lot of money. They're not having to raise prices and everyone else is going higher and you know, we're, we're in a pretty good spot there. Yeah. Thank God. You know, I'm really proud of my team and, you know, we have had, you know, certain raw materials go up in price, but they've been able to make tweaks to how we do our warehousing or something else so that the wholesalers don't have to feel that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Don't hear that too often these days. That's <laughs> Jeez. Jen, uh, you got the last word. All right. You- one, one more question. Um, so have you guys decided that rather than do all this crazy innovation or big innovation, right? You're just going to focus on the party punch. Cause obviously you guys had things like, you know, Brizzy and other things before, but it seems like you're really just driving the party punch. Is that what you guys are going to continue to do? Yeah. You know, we, we dabbled in a few other areas that we, uh, you know, we learned very quickly that it looks great on paper, but then you have to line up two different co-packers, different supply chains. Your, your tiny marketing budget is now spread across three different brands. You know, you're fighting against, big companies that are coming after you. So, so when we realize that like, wow, this beatbox party punch is cranking and we have that part dialed in, we're like, we're crazy to try and go out. There's so much runway with this brand that we would be nuts to do anything else. Now we do have lots of really cool innovation. We're thinking about over the next couple of years within the beatbox brand um, that we think can go after categories that we see where the innovation coming, just, we don't think is doing it right. And we think you we can tell, <laughs> you know, we'll come to you first. Yeah. We'll, okay. t- we'll tell all you right. first when we get it, when we get it all finalized, but all right. um, there's a couple segments that are big segments that we think we have the perfect product to, to give our wholesalers other options um, to compete. And uh, we'll, we'll have more to come on that by summer. But yeah, for now it's like, Hey, you know, we still only have two or three flavors of our eight flavors that we have. Uh, in most of our accounts. So let's just get those out there and, and earn our place to, to bring in more innovation. Yeah, you definitely don't want to over-innovate when you have something that's working as well as beatboxes right now. And, and uh, you know, wholesalers definitely need more innovation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. innovation is a bad word with wholesalers these days. It's I think just they too love much. It. We, all we brought them this year was, you know, one flavor and a zero sugar mango, option. You get mango in two options, zero uh-huh. sugar, and 11% yeah, and variety packs. Juicy, juicy yeah. mango. This thing is, this is unreal, this flavor. Yeah. It's oh, the I'll best one. Try it. Yeah. I'll pick some up. Uh, I'll head Here's to H-E-B. Give you the most mass market beloved flavor in our normal skews. <laughs> that outsells nearly everything in the store <laughs> at higher margin than anything else you carry. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick up that variety pack and uh, uh, Absolutely. Right. appreciate that. Well, well my good. favorite well, is still watermelon. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> I love really? watermelon. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, they all sell so close. They're all selling, you know, anywhere from 1.6 to 1.8 cases per store per month. Really? But watermelon is just watermelon's just below that. For whatever reason, oh, no. it hasn't quite, it hasn't quite it's gone the most polarizing. It's, for some reason, think... people love it or or or, or hate it. You know, blue ras, fruit punch, 
pink lemonade, those three, and then tropical. We think mango will rise to the top, but you know, the rest this is, is, I mean, this is why we're so excited to have a variety pack finally. And, you know, thank you, Rusty, yeah. to taking a shot on it, seeing it early, yeah. HEB. And it's so many customers have been seeing this stuff on, on social media and not able to get these other flavors. Yeah, they say they have one or two flavors in their store. Now you can have six, right? So, right, right. Well, Rusty does watch this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> oh, he's been, shout- he's been, he's been, yeah. <laughs> waving. Shouts to Rusty. <laughs> HEB was the first chain in 2014 that gave us a chance. So we were only in, you know, 30 mm-hmm. accounts in Austin and they wanted local, they wanted, Texas and they thought it was really cool what we were doing and they, they liked been, us before Mark Cuban did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so good. They've been amazing. It's a good sign. Texas is blessed to have HGB. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, good. Well, thanks guys for being on. Uh we'll check back with you in this summer and see how uh things are shaking with you. And uh, you know, I like seeing a, a local Austin company kick ass, you know? Yeah. We'll keep, keep rocking the platform to, to yeah. get the message out. It's always yeah. helpful. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll catch you in a few months. Thank you. Take care.